tools for living, room to grow. A space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 17. Well, I don't know about you, but I get so excited when I meet young women with a heart for Jesus. Young women who are willing to devote their lives and their talents to create tools that help others draw closer to the Lord. Well, Gretchen Saffles is one of those young women, and God has just knit our hearts together in such a special way. I know you're going to love her sweet spirit, but also her beautiful honesty. She's going to be sharing about balancing work and family, as well as ministry, but also about the depression she sometimes struggles with and God's presence in it all. I know you'll be encouraged. Well, Miss Gretchen Saffles, I am so excited that you're with me here in the living room. Welcome. It is a joy to be here today. Oh my goodness, I can't. I was trying to remember how long ago it was when we connected. I think that I came across this absolutely gorgeous mug on Facebook or Instagram, and I'm like, I have to have that. It was around Christmas time, so I ordered it for myself. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And it was Be Still. It was just the most beautiful mug. And I'm like, who is this woman? Because I looked at your feed on Instagram and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so beautiful. It was back, I think, when you had your site was called Live Beautiful Live Beautifully. Yes, it was Life Lived Beautifully. So that would have been two years ago. Well, like about two years ago that we connected. And I remember it was such a blessing to get your email and to connect and um even just the encouragement and the wisdom you have been able to pass along my way has just been a treasure. Uh, well, it's so funny because we have not met one another face to face. I don't think we've even done a video chat, but I just adore you. I love your heart for Jesus. I love your heart for ministry. I love, um, I love how tender and open you are to what God wants and not what you think has to happen. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's been an honor to have just a, you know, a little bit of a, a sneak peek into your inside life and or behind the scenes life. Tell us a little bit about how your ministry started. And this is largely online, right? Everything that you do is pretty much online right now. It is. Yes, it is online right now. And um, thankful for that opportunity specifically because I do have two young boys and it really started, it started before I had children, um, after me and my husband got married and we had just moved to Tennessee and I had been working in women's ministry and I majored in fashion merchandising. And I wanted to somehow marry the two to, um, to reach people where they are, to really speak into women's lives. Um, and at the time I noticed social media was becoming more um, prominent in our lives and it just felt right that this, this was the place I wanted to speak into women. And I also wanted to sort of break that barrier, you know, tear down that wall of women feeling like they have to be perfect um, in order to come to Christ and to point them instead to the perfect one. So when my husband and I moved and he was um, moving for a church job and I didn't have a job when we moved, um, it was a crazy time because on the way home from my honeymoon, I got a text from my dad that my mom was in ICU and this was, and this was out of nowhere. She had 
dealt with a lot of health issues, but, um, she could not walk anymore. She couldn't see. Um, and it was, it was absolutely a breaking point in my life. So that's how I entered marriage was the first few months, um, going back and forth to help take care of my mom and, um, praise the Lord. She is okay today. She still has lingering effects of the disease that she, um, has to, you know, daily face and battle, but she can walk and she can see. And God used that time where I was at the bottom. I was praying through Lord, what do I do? Which direction do I go? And my husband and I talked and we just really felt like we had no money at the time. We had nothing. Um, you know, we just started off in marriage. Why not start? Why not start to um, really pursue this passion and this vision that God had given me to reach women? So that's when I began. Life lived beautifully at the time. And um, the the business side of it has really transitioned over the past few years. I started um, creating necklaces and um Bible covers, things like that for missions specifically. I've always had a heart for missions and reaching the nations with the gospel. Over the years, though, as the Lord began to direct and to really hone in on exactly what I was to be doing with this ministry, I began creating a quiet time journal for women out of my own need to have some space that would just encourage me to dig deep into the word of God each day. That's where that journal came from, which is called the Gimme Jesus Journal. And then I just began writing studies for my small group that I was leading at the time. And as I began to do those things and just to share my faith and share my walk with the Lord, it was amazing to see women respond all over the world. And my prayer for well-watered women has always that it would be an answer to prayer to somebody else, that they would be longing for that, that cup of cold water um, to their spiritual soul. And ultimately that's Jesus. We give him, we give her the living water of himself. So right now we create, um, Bible study tools, anything that we can think of. We want to create it also beautifully in a way that will draw women in to equip women and encourage them to get into the Word of God each and every day. So all of that is online right now. And we also aim to create as many free resources as possible, um, content that will meet women where they are, which a lot of times is on your phone, and point them to Jesus. And someday we've got big dreams to do um, in-person things and various other other missional things. And so we're just, we're excited and we are just so passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Oh, it's, and it really is so beautiful. I just, there's something about beauty and excellence that really does like, it sounds strange, but it feeds my soul. Yeah. And it reflects him. It does. It does. You you know, uh, you keep saying us. And I. one of the things I love about what you do is that I don't know if you intentionally did this or if God did this, but you have a wonderful team. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that came about? Yeah. Well, it originally came about when about two years into running Well-Watered Women, Life Live Beautifully at the time, um, I could not handle the shipments and doing all of I could not, I just couldn't do it all on my own. And, um, my husband and I were talking about what was the next step in order for us to keep doing this. Cause he had a full-time job and he still does have a full-time job apart from what I do. And, um, 
one of my very closest friends actually came to me at the time and said, I see the areas. And it was partly because I always went to her with questions. She And she noticed the areas that were really a struggle for me and caused me to sort of pull back and, you know, not really understand how to do everything. And so she offered to come alongside me and to start doing the things like the finances, the shipping and all those kinds of things. So I could really focus on the ministry and the writing and the encouraging. So that's how I got my first team member. She took that on. So again, I could focus on exactly what God had called me to. And just as the ministry has grown, we've added more women to our team. And it has been a blessing because I cannot do it on my own. And that's something we're going to talk about um, in this episode, me and Joanna had already talked about. And also the body of Christ is so beautiful. And one person cannot be every part of the body. We need different people to um to speak into different things, to work together, to see things differently. So God has just really graciously grown our team. Um, we're not all in the same location and we are able to still work together to share the gospel and to do that through various means. So I'm really grateful and um, just prayerful and hopeful that we can add more women to our team someday and even do some international things and um, just different things like that to connect women across the world that no matter what age, um, race, ethnicity, stage of life you're in, that Jesus connects us all. And he, he is our unifying factor. So that's kind of the big dream behind that too. Oh, that's so great. I, I think, um, I think this whole idea of team building is so important for those of us who are in ministry. Um, sometimes I think, at least I have, operated under the false assumption that if I can do something, I should do something. <laughs> and it, it seems to me like when we really connected on a deeper level, you were sort of at a breaking point of what do I do? Do I just talk about that a little bit, would you? Yeah, absolutely. So, man, I'm, I'm going to kind of rewind a little bit, but there is one thing when I was at that breaking point of trying to pray through and discern how I was to keep going in ministry in a way that I would not continue to burn out because I have already in, in seven years of ministry, I've burned out two or three times. And that was mainly because I was doing too much. And this is not bad things. This is ministry. This is um, writing studies for women, meeting with them in person, leading groups, um, speak, traveling and speaking, so many wonderful things. But I was doing everything and we cannot. And I talked to you one time about this whole conundrum that I was going through and um, God has been working out in my own life. And I remember you said this to me. I told you that I'm an all or a nothing person. I either want to go all in and say, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do it well, um, you know, absolutely to the fullest, or I just don't want to do it at all because I can only, um, I can't put everything into it. And I remember you asked me, well, maybe it's not all or nothing. Maybe it's something. And you really challenged me to pray about what is the something Right now, I can't do everything in every season. Um, I've been thinking about how there is a season for everything, but every season doesn't happen all at once. You don't have summer and winter at the same time. And really learning to 
embrace and to sit in those seasons and to realize, okay, in wintertime, you're not going to go swim in an outdoor pool. In summertime, you're not going to be able to go play in the snow because it won't snow. So really for us to recognize, okay, this is the season I'm in and this is the something that I can do. And that really greatly encouraged me and was something that I prayed through and something I continue to think about. And you something you said a second ago, um, a friend of mine, Ruth Simons, and if you don't follow her on Instagram, she's Grace Laced on Instagram. She says, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And that has gone through my mind so many times as I've been making decisions and praying through the direction of things that if I'm going to take something on, then that means I need to say no to something else. Yeah. And that's hard for us when we're passionate about what we do. So I'd I'd like to just go back into something that you said, because I don't think we talk about this very often, um, this issue of burnout or and even depression. I mean, here we are, we're Jesus girls. We love Jesus and everything's supposed to be glorious. And and then all of a sudden, and I went through my own season early in ministry where I went into a deep depression. And honestly, I, I mean, God was gracious. Uh, my husband's prayers, um, my parents' prayers, I, I didn't have to take some other steps, although, boy, I was really close. What was burnout like for you? Oh, goodness. It happened around six months after I had my first child. Now, leading up to that, I was leading a growing ministry. My husband worked in full-time ministry. I was traveling and speaking Basically, anything that came my way, it was a yes, and it was a wholehearted yes as well. Whenever I had my first son, just various circumstances around it, including a childbirth, which I know this happens to many women, a childbirth that did not go as I planned um, and was very traumatic in a lot of ways. And, And I instead felt like I can handle this. Other people don't have traumatic births. This is what I was thinking in my head. Um, You know, I need to get past this. This should have been easy. And we can get in our own prison from the shoulds that we think, well, that I should be over this traumatic birth. I should be able to do all all of these things a few weeks out from birth. And so I lived with that should mentality and kept doing everything. And even leading up to a year after my son was born, I began traveling and speaking again. I would just take him with me. Um, and I was doing too much. I really cannot even think about times where I would rest unless my body was just really forced to. And postpartum, I also was diagnosed with a thyroid condition and that was really drastically affecting my health, my energy levels, and was also something that, again, I felt like I should be able to get past this. I didn't take time to step back and to really think about what was happening, to really process it all with the Lord. And so a year after after all of this, I had a breaking point. And it was actually when my husband and I and our little boy, we went on a mission trip. And I had some health issues on it, but I had major panic attacks that at the time I didn't know what it was. I hadn't had that kind of panic attack before and I was terrified and I was embarrassed and I did not know what was going on. I felt completely, and I mean, just completely, utterly out of control. And when we came 
back, we had a lot of commitments that I won't go into every single one of them. I ended up having my gallbladder taken out um, due to the health issues. And after the gallbladder surgery, that is when the depression hit. Um, I, again, I had been running, running, running. And it was like once my body was forced to stop, it did not know what to do. And I, I always think of a speeding train and the only way for a train to stop that's speeding and has no brakes is to crash. And that is what I did. I crashed and it was so sudden and so, um, foreign to me that I just felt completely lost and devastated. I didn't want to, didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want people to see me in such brokenness. And I praise the Lord for the women in my life who still came along my side. And um, I remember one time, one of my mentors that was in our church at the time, we've since moved from there, but she's still a mentor of mine. I, I mean, I could not even eat that morning. I was so anxious and depressed and it was Sunday morning. So my husband was at church working and I called her and she came right over, um, skipped the church service. And she just sat with me the whole time. She sat with me. She prayed with me. She read the word. She helped take care of my little boy. And that is the body of Christ. She didn't come alongside me and judge me and tell me how I should be at the moment, but she sat with me. And I remember just the joy and the peace of her presence, which was ultimately the presence of Christ within her and how she just gave me such hope. And I could be myself in that brokenness, Um, not the cleaned up version of myself that I felt like I had to be around people, but I could just be myself in my brokenness around her and experience the peace and the grace of Christ. Um, so that season was really, really dark. And um, I remember understanding the Psalms more than I ever could have. So many of them, you know, you read and you go, wow, that's really heavy. But when you're in the heaviness, you praise the Lord that that heavy passage is in there to read. And how gracious of God to inspire those words because he knew that we would struggle with those things. He knew that um, the hardships of this life, and I read so many books during that time. And um, one of them was by John Piper, and it's called the When the Darkness Will Not Lift. I believe that's the, that's the title, something along those lines. And he talks about Charles Spurgeon and how he struggled with depression. And he viewed his depression from many different angles, but one of them was he felt like he could better preach to the people that he was around because he understood. He truly preached from brokenness and desperation. And he also praised God because it drew him nearer to him. And I can honestly say that I would not understand his love, his faithfulness, his gospel of peace as much as I do for, uh, apart from that season. Ultimately, those seasons that are just heart-wrenching and we feel like we will never make it through, they become a gift. And that is, that's the power of the resurrection. That is the power of Christ. Um, and so I, I say all that too, you know, coupled with, I was leading a ministry at the time, um, that many women were following people were still asking for speaking requests and I had to stop everything. Um, I literally stopped everything and canceled several events that I was going to be doing. I, um, didn't produce any content. 
anything at all during that time. And that was for about a month, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. Once that month was over and I went back, I was still struggling. It took me a long time, took, um, so much prayer, um, fellowship with other believers and seeing a Christian counselor too. And that's something I want to really note. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, my dad was a pastor for the first part of my life and, um, my husband worked in ministry. I worked in ministry and there is so much shame in our minds associated with seeking help through Christian counseling. And I just believe that is a lie of the enemy. I do too. Yes, it is not. And you're in ministry. Um, you're, you're in ministry, right? Your husband's a pastor. Totally. Yeah. You know, and it, and the, and the funny thing is, is we're supposed to be modeling healthy Christianity, which is not self-sufficiency. You know, it, it is needing one another. It is confessing our faults one to another and praying for each other so that we can be healed. And I, so I so appreciate you bringing that up because honestly, I, and I really wish I would have when I, um, that I would have gone for counseling when I went through what I call my dark night of the soul many years later and some depression that came along with it. God gave me an incredibly godly friend who was so wise and really walked me through it. But, but just in another difficult time of ministry, we did go for some counseling and it was so life giving to have a safe place <laughs> to lay out our pain, not feel pressure to tidy it up and make it okay, but just say, here's why I am. And even to be able to say for our, for our situation, it was, um, it was a really painful time that we'd walk through to even be able to say it really hurts and it doesn't feel fair. And sometimes I think we're afraid to get honest with God. Did, did it involve some honesty for you as well? Yes. And I was actually going to say along those lines, as I began to process a lot of beliefs that were not of the Lord that I was really clinging to, which were beliefs like, I have to do it all. I have to be perfect. I have to have it all together. These are just a few of them that um, really began to surface that were just very deeply rooted in me. It also transformed my prayer life and better helped me to, I think about, I was I've been counseled by a counselor, but ultimately I've been counseled by the counselor and any sort of redemption that we um, also walk through, you know, in the presence of another believer comes from the Lord. So um, that Christian counselor that you're talking to and those words of affirmation and comfort that come at just the right time, that is from the counselor, the Holy Spirit. So it has definitely helped me be able to talk to the Lord in a more genuine, humble, honest way and um, know that he he's listening and he's not upset with me <laughs> whenever I, I go through those seasons. And he's such a gracious God and he knows the, the things that we walk through post fall. We live in a fallen world and he also offers us hope and he offers us grace. And um, that's what the world needs to hear. They don't need to see Christians that have it all together because nobody does. And if you're saying that it's just not the truth. You're, um, you know, we need to, to be a people who say it's all because of Christ and me. And, um, so 
God has rid me of my self-sufficiency of living as if I have no limits because only he is limitless and recognizing my limits is a form of worship. So even to recognize, Hey, I need a nap right now. That can be worship when we don't just keep pressing on and um, pushing past and um, living as if we, we don't need rest or as if we don't need that time to be with the Lord, to journal, to pray. And um, so learning to live within my limits has really been a humble, hard thing, but a worshipful thing. Yeah, I love that. I love that recognizing my limitations can be a form of worship. It brought back to mind... um, when I when I write a book, I am so absolutely desperate for God. <laughs> like I can't even fake write, so I need Him so badly. And to be honest, that does just this sounds terrible, but it kind of irritates me because it's so hard. And yet, it has brought me to a deeper intimacy with Him than anything else. But I remember one afternoon, um, I just felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of was encouraging me to lay down and just rest. And um, and so I did. And so I'm laying there and I'm like, oh, this feels good. And then I'm thinking, I should really, um, I should just really like sing a worship song or maybe go over my memory verses or, or just recount how good you are to me. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit whispered and said, shh, Joanna. <laughs> would you just let me love you? And I think so often we believe God is the taskmaster that we are. <laughs> you know, nobody has more expectations of me than me. I know. And so I'm, no one's driving me. I'm driving me. And so to find out that he really is a good shepherd, <laughs> that he knows the pace I should go, and that if I'm feeling driven, I'm not being led. And I think that's kind of what you're saying is that our limitations can actually be a gift because it makes us slow down long enough for God to get ahead. <laughs> Rather than me going, I've got this great idea, Jesus, let's go do it. Yes. And to hear him and to rely on him. And um, the Christian life is not one of doing, it is one of being, being with the Lord. And it's through that and through that intimate walk with him that it propels us to obey. And um, I think that we, when we are those go-getters, we can take that to the nth degree of, oh, okay, well, I need to do everything. And that's just not true. And um, he is the Savior. We are not the Savior. So learning to rest. Amen. Amen. I'd just like to take us uh, drill down a little bit because you are in this unique situation that you have an online ministry, but you're also married to someone in full-time ministry. And so um, I'm assuming that means you're kind of a pastor's wife, one of the staff pastor's wives. Yes, we were. So we, he's in a different position um, now. So we're, he's at the Chick-fil-A at Windshape. Um, foundation, which is still like a minute, it's the ministry arm of Chick-fil-A, but we were before on staff, um, as a ministry couple. Yeah. Was that another load of expectations that you kind of put on yourself? How did you manage, manage, um, coming alongside of your husband and yet also having a ministry of your own? I think so. 
I have always been one to place a lot of expectations on myself. And as I have talked through these things a lot more, and even with, I'm thankful to have um, Christian parents, Christian, my sister's a Christian, and to talk to them. And I remember one time telling my sister all the expectations that were on me. And she challenged me and said, have those been placed on you or did you place them on yourself? Because a lot of them were internal expectations and also pride, not wanting to, not wanting to be in the kind of fellowship God calls us to that is open and honest and um, does confess our sins, our faults, our needs. And um, so absolutely during that time, and that's where I really highly recommend, and this is biblical to have a mentor and everywhere I've been, I've sought some kind of mentor, some woman who is older than me and wiser and that I can go to in those times that's trusted as well. Because when you are in ministry, you do need to be wise too. Um, and so having somebody who I can go to that is trusted. So specifically when we were at our other church, there were two women I can think of right now, one that went to our church and one that didn't go to our church. And I could go to both of them with um, any prayer needs, any struggles. And the one that I told you about earlier, she was the one at our church and I still can go to them. I still do. And we have been gone from that, um, from there about a year and a half now. And I still call them and I still text them when I need prayer. And I'm so grateful. And so having those trusted mentors that I could go to in honesty and brokenness and need with questions was very, very vital. Yeah. I think we miss out on so much uh, when we kind of settle for Lone Ranger Christianity <laughs> and even Lone Ranger ministry. And um, so I love that, that you surrounded yourself with a team, you've surrounded yourself with mentors. Well, you guys, I really hope that you will go to wellwateredwomen.com and look at all of the great stuff that Gretchen and her team have put together. Um, tell them a little bit of what they'll find there. Yes, we create gospel-centered resources. So one of our main um, resources that we create is called the Give Me Jesus Journal. This is a quiet time journal for women. And um I have to give a little caveat there because we call it, it's a quiet time journal. And I think that that actually keeps a lot of women from getting into the word is that term quiet time. So something that I, I call it a lot of times is word before world. So we're simply putting the word before the world. And I like calling it that more because you can put the word before the world sitting in the carpool line with your kids around you um, at a restaurant, wherever you are, you can spend time with the Lord. So when you hear that term quiet time, it's simply digging into God's word to know him more. So that's what we uh, desire for the Give Me Jesus Journal for it to be that tool for women to use. And you'll also find Bible studies that we uh, go through specific books of the Bible. And um, as well as we love to create different fun items too. So um, we'll be releasing a journal that is going to be an anxiety prayer journal for women who are walking through seasons like I went through. And this journal is, is, a response to that season, um, specifically how we are setting it up. And I, I pray that it is 
like a, a capstone for women. Like it is something that they can go back to and they can walk through that season through and really be able to see the hand of God in it all. Um, and then just various other products like shirts, mugs, and uh, verse cards, other things like that, that we just pray will be a visible example of the word and our need for it and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm, I love it. And I'm really excited because you guys have agreed to put together a little bundle to for our giveaway. And so it's going to run the week of um, this bot broadcast. You can go to Joanna Weaver books.com and to the podcast page and show notes and you can get links. We're going to be advertising it everywhere. So be sure to enter. One of the things I love too, is you've really, um, you've really kind of specialized some of these journals. Like you had one for mamas and college students. And so these are great gifts that we could give at Christmas time as well. Yeah. And we, we pray that these tools stir. I, I just imagine them being like a match. This is kind of what my prayer is, that they would be like a match. They would light a fire in women's souls to know Jesus more. So it's not about the journal. It's not about the specific product. It's about him. So we want them all to be arrows, all to be matches to the ultimate one who will fulfill your heart. And and that is through knowing him in the word and his word is alive. So when we spend time in the word, we can trust that the Holy Spirit is going to do a work in us and continue to speak through us to us throughout the day. So that is our ultimate aim. That is our ultimate goal and prayer through everything that we create, uh, through, through free resources, through studies, through journals, through Bible studies, through absolutely everything. What I love is you are working it out in your own life. Yes. Well, I refuse to do anything that is not first being lived out. Um, I just feel very convicted that the things that we are saying as Bible teachers, ministry leaders, and women in general in the church, we need to be working out our faith in everyday life in the behind the scenes moments that... Nobody sees other than yourself, the Lord, your close family and friends, but um, we need to be the same person in real life as we are online, wherever we are. So true. So true. You know, one of the things I've been thinking about is, um, you know, yes, yes, we need to know the word, but oh, how we need to know Jesus. So what, how do you connect best with the Lord? How does it go beyond just doing your Bible study or reading your assigned reading to really where you're in the presence of the Lord doing that? Mm. Honestly, one of the ways that we know him more is through his creation. He is all around us revealing himself. And I love the many countless illustrations in the word of, um, of who the Lord is. And it's so many different. I mean, I just think of Jesus as the sunrise and the dawn. So even through the sunrise and looking up at the sky and beholding him, and I've been really praising him for his greatness. I feel like we say the word great all the time, but really he is great. He's mind boggling. Um, and it is his greatness that we can rest in. We can trust in, in hard seasons and times where our prayers either go unanswered or the answer looks different than we're hoping for. We can trust in his greatness. So through being outside, being in nature, being with my family, um, really being present with my children. And honestly, one way that I spend a lot of my time is folding laundry, doing dishes and I really um, 
prayerfully, I, I read the book. Have you ever read Practicing the Presence of yes, God by yes. Brother Lawrence? Okay. So that book was life-changing for me when I was in college to see the mundane moments as an opportunity to worship and commune with the Lord. So those are even moments that, and I'm not saying, I don't want anybody listening to this to think, oh, wow, Gretchen must be praising the Lord every time she's folding laundry, because I promise that my heart is not always full of praise. And so, but that is an opportunity that God has taught me because I spend so much time there to use it with purpose, to use it, um, recognizing who he is praying just spending time with him. I love it. I love it. It's acknowledging him in all of our ways, like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, that we bring him into our day. Um, he's already within us. And sometimes it's just, good morning, Lord. <laughs> Walk with me, lead me, guide me. And um, I, I love that. Well, as we close, would you just pray would you pray for our ladies that are listening and especially that girl out there who maybe is going through some real anxiety and even depression? Um, would you just, would you close our time together with prayer? Absolutely. Father, oh, you are so great, majestic, wonderful, mighty, awesome, and glorious perfect in your wonders, Lord. You are faithful to your promises, Lord. And that's just to name a few. And and we could keep listing who you are forever, and it still wouldn't match your greatness and your glory. And Lord, I admit that knowing that, I often don't live like that's true. Lord, I struggle with doubt and with worry. And I know that the woman listening to this also does too, Lord, because we're human. And yet you are so gracious to us. You are so faithful to your word in spite of our faithlessness. And Father, I praise you for that. And I pray over the woman who is listening to this, who is in deep struggle. Lord, maybe she is the woman who feels like the darkness will not lift, who feels like she is broken beyond repair. And she feels like she is the only one walking through this. She feels like she is not a good Christian. Lord, she feels far from you and she feels like you were far away. God, I pray for that woman. I pray your comfort and your peace over her. I pray that as she cracks open your word, Lord, even when she doesn't feel like it, Lord, that she would still do it, that you would speak a mighty word to her. God, I pray that she would always remember the cross and that you have come down from the cross, Jesus, that you rose from the dead and we are a people who live in light of the resurrection. Father, I pray that she would know that she is not alone in this struggle, that she is not alone in this trial, that you understand that Jesus, you have gone through every single temptation and trial and you have conquered. And we can come before your throne of grace with confidence where we are. Lord, I pray that she would know that this season is not forever, that you are faithful, that the darkness will lift, that the sun will shine again, and that the sun is still shining even when the storm clouds are overhead. Father, I pray that you would comfort her today with only the comfort that you can give that you would bring someone alongside of her to speak truth, to give her a hug when it's needed. And, um, that most importantly, that she would know the gospel. She would know that Jesus is 
for her, that the Holy Spirit is with her, and that she has all she needs in you, and that your word has not changed, and that she is not the exception to your faithfulness. Lord, I pray all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Ah, so beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us, Gretchen. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure today. Word Before World. Mm, what a great reminder to put first things first. To turn to Jesus before we turn to the world. I needed that reminder today. I hope you will check out all of the wonderful show notes that we have over at joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 017. You'll find links to the Well-Watered Women website, as well as the special bundle of goodies we're giving away on Facebook. Just uh, search for Joanna Weaver Books and you'll find a link there, as well as some instructions over the show notes. Before I go, I wanted to just take a moment and thank those of you who have taken time to leave a rating and a review on your favorite podcast player. It really means a lot. I wanted to give a special shout out to Pam Zach, who writes, relevant. (laughs) I like that. I'm glad. I'm glad it's relevant. I totally recommend this podcast, Pam says. I've listened to everyone and each of them spoke to a need I had at that moment. God read my mail and told Joanna. Thank you for your obedience. Keep them coming. Oh my goodness. That makes my heart so happy, Pam. That's been my prayer, that the Lord would speak to each one of us at the place of our greatest need. Well, you guys, until next time, keep pressing close to Jesus. Let Him water your soul with His love and His wisdom so that you can live and love and lead like Jesus.